The only positive I'll take from the mental health struggle was that I took a sledgehammer to my printer once. Oh, that must have been fun. Oh, the most satisfying thing I've ever done. <laughs> it was a low point, but I remember smiling all the way through it. And Haven't thinking, that we all felt good. wanted to you know, smash the printer? It just won't work, and yeah. there was a hammer there, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. I, I Hello friends and thank you for joining me for the Way Forward podcast brought to you by me, Fliss Goldsmith and Co-Design Coaching, where we create your optimal life together. Now this week I am delighted to be joined by someone who just oozes energy and can-do attitude international athlete, world champion bronze medalist and former professional racing driver, Mr. Simon Ward. Simon, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Fliss. A pleasure to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. So welcome. Now, today, Simon is going to be taking us through his complex, inspirational and at times completely unbelievable, but all the while completely true, journey with adversity and most importantly, how he overcame it. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Simon. So, an illustrious international sports career saw Simon representing Great Britain I'll get my words right in a minute. Great Britain at five sports, including boxing, motorsport, running, cycling and skiing. So you'd be forgiven for thinking that life was full of glamour and ease. But in the time of turmoil of everyday life, there was a very different picture painted. An addiction to prescription drugs and four stone overweight, he was in a very dark place indeed. But... Simon made the decision to turn his life around. He set his sights on competing at the World Triathlon Championships in Canada. And I should add, with zero experience of cycling at this point. Um, But in just six months, he had lost four stone, quit the prescription drugs and severed his relationship with alcohol. He launched a sports career that saw him represent his country 20 times since 2016, and that culminated in a World Championship bronze medal in 2022. Along the way, he broke his neck, fractured his eye socket, shoulder and nose, and slept on a bench in Canada with bears sniffing around him throughout the night. Oh, and severely concussed himself while skiing and was disqualified for throwing snowballs at other competitors. So... With all that in mind, Simon, it sounds like I might have the right person to talk to about adversity, possibly. Definitely. Yeah. So (laughs) how would you define adversity? Adversity for me is any factor uh, normally outside of your normal life that influences you either in a mental or physical way. Um, And it's how you deal with that. Uh, There is a story of two twins and one says, I don't drink because my father was an alcoholic. The other says, I do drink because my father was an alcoholic. It's an adverse situation, but they both deal with it in very different ways. And you can either have it as an an objection um, and that you have to overcome or or it'll it'll consume you. Yeah. And I think that 
for anybody who's listening, they will be able to connect at some point to an adversity. They may not be an elite athlete like you are, but they will have had adversities in their own life. So I know that your experience is something that is really, really profound in the way that you've had to face your adversities. But let's wind it back and play out this adventure from the beginning. So can you, you know, relay to me where you started off and what led you to such adversities? Right. Um, I, I got into motorsport out of interest. I, I was an international track athlete. Um, a, a few injuries uh, made me lose interest in the sport. Um, but motorsport was always my passion. I grew up watching mm. Nigel Mansell and racing drivers and thought, I want to do that. So it didn't set my sights very low at all. <laughs> um, yeah. And started very late in life. I was 28 when I started race, motor racing. Most people start at the age of eight. So 20 years too late. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a little bit of adversity already creeping in there. And most racing drivers start with a whole pile of money, which was a good thing because I didn't have a penny. Um, okay. So yeah. it was like, where do I go from here? I've never been the most talented in any sport that I've done, but I've always out-hustled and out-worked everybody, always. And my colleagues always say that I work harder than everybody else, and that's what makes the difference. So motorsport was quite a journey for me, um, and in no time at all, I well, 12 years, no time at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, the blink of an eye. <laughs> I won the longest motor race in the world. And that was my ticket to stardom. Is that um, Le Mans? Uh, it was the 25 hours of Spa. Oh my goodness. Wow. And that was my ticket to start stardom. Um, I signed with an American sports agency and I was blinking and, and bewildered and getting off a plane in San Francisco and signing up to race in NASCAR, which is the, the pinnacle of motorsport in America. Yeah. Arguably the pinnacle of motorsport. Some people would do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and stood to earn three to four million dollars a year. So it was a huge opportunity for me. It was fantastic. Um, and it was going really well. I was living my dream. I was looking to marry Taylor Swift. It was all going to be perfect. Obviously. Mm, I yeah. mean, I think I might have wanted to marry Taylor <laughs> Swift at one point. Um, sadly, um, the cards didn't feel fall too well. It was at the time of the credit crunch, which we experienced here in the UK. Yeah. Um, but it was nothing compared to what they had in America. They were facing the total collapse of the banking system at one point. And, and it was media-driven and fear-driven more than anything. And as a result, my main sponsor of the race program was a, a big energy drink company um, that decided to cut back. And my dream fell apart very, very quickly. Uh, and it was all over. As quickly as it, it had happened, it was all over. That must have been incredibly painful. It was a kick, but I'd be a bit like a spoilt child wanting a different Christmas present if I said, said that that's what tipped me over the edge, because it certainly wasn't. You, you, you have to be quite pragmatic in these situations. And I thought, right, dream over, what's next? Come back to the UK. I left a note for Taylor saying, ring me. Please, um, yeah. please call me. <laughs> and jumped on a flight back to the UK. And in an attempt to get my life back together, I went to China on business and was held up at gunpoint. Oh, my um, goodness. And this was a real pivotal moment. Um, I won't bore you with the details of that now. It's a whole podcast all by itself. Okay. Um, well, that's why we'll have to get you back, obviously. <laughs> but I returned to the UK um, with severe PTSD. Mm. Um, I didn't know I had PTSD until I went to the doctor and I told him I'd wet the bed a couple of times, which is quite strange for a 40-something. So I assumed mm. I got some kind of weird disease, which I hadn't. 
he assumed I was a, an SAS soldier and I couldn't talk to him about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as a result, it was, I was diagnosed with PTSD. Mm. Um, coupled with that, um, I had a business in the UK. My business partner left, split up with my long-term partner. Um, and then the, the worst thing happened. I hurt my back quite badly. Um, Moving a shed, of all things. It's always the, the things that seem so things, insignificant. Yeah. I'd driven around at 200 miles an hour for like 12, fine. 14 years. Absolutely fine. The worst injury was a broken finger. And then I move a shed and break my back. Yeah. Um, and that had me bedridden for a while. Um, unable to train. Unable to do the things I enjoy. And then um, I lost my father. Hmm. And without realising it, this kind of crept up on me. And suddenly it was, I was dependent on alcohol and prescription drugs from my back mm. as a crutch to get through things. Yeah. And I was leading a life that it, it would be feast or famine. I'd be partying all weekend um, and then depressed for two or three days yeah. and then go out and find the next hit, go out and find the next hit. Mm. Um, and it was a real, really bad spiral. Um, and yeah, it, it's... Were you sort of finding your way through that on your own yeah. or did you have yeah. anybody who no you support were... network and not anybody i talked to about it no. either so so i suppose that that's completely my fault um because to me i was okay why is there something wrong with me i'm drinking champagne at the weekend and staying in top hotels yeah so, who doesn't want to yeah. do that <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with me i'm absolutely fine mm. i'm four stone overweight and bloated and mm. and you know need a drink every every hour but apart from that i'm absolutely Everything's fine Everything's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, but you haven't got you that sounding board okay. you haven't got no, that yeah. reflection a mirror somebody else to say hang on a second and i think on the outside i probably looked okay i didn't look like i was 14 stone overweight i tend to pack pack it quite evenly well i was gonna a say slim athletic frame to but, yes but, on. Uh, simon I still don't look fat and obese no for, <laughs> obviously you are on audio over here but uh, yes he's cutting a very svelte figure here in the studio everybody <laughs> you're too kind Thank oh you. not at all not at all so you know i think we're touching here on mental health struggles being yeah. at the very root of yeah the the problems yeah. that were happening to you and i know that this is something that um is being talked about more in the media yes but it's still not talked about enough and the only positive i'll take from the mental health struggle was that i took a sledgehammer to my printer once oh that must have been fun oh the most satisfying thing i've ever done <laughs> it was a low point but i remember smiling all the way through it and haven't thinking, we that all felt good wanted to <laughs> you know, smash when it the printer just won't work and yeah. there's a hammer there and i thought you know what <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. i yeah. hear you i, I hear remember you. doing that yeah um <laughs> But I think it's really important that everybody is able to find a way to talk about it and yes. to find the language to talk about yeah. their mental health struggles because, um, and I don't want to be too generic here, but I do think as well that men tend to be locked out of this conversation mm, more. And there's very much the movement which says, um, you know, it's okay not to be okay. I kind of want to turn that on its head and say, find somebody that you can turn around and say am i okay yeah it's and that's okay a big ask, difference am yeah. i okay yeah. and it, it it's, there are plenty of people you can go to and say, look i'm not I'm, I'm not fine talk to me wow but it's finding somebody who can be really brutally honest it could be one of your biggest critics to say look tell me how bad i am yeah and then it maybe hits home to you it's right? like just hearing that it is it's turning it around it, it it's okay to ask am yeah, i okay absolutely absolutely yeah. and i think that's what might call this episode of the podcast actually because yeah. I, really, <laughs> I really love it so 
was was that the lowest sort of point? Was that where we get to the sort of rock bottom and, and then you decide, I, I can't do this anymore? I wanted to die at um, mm. my lowest points. And there were a lot of them. And we're not talking once or twice. We're talking once or twice a day. Yeah. Um, even when I was on a high. Uh, and that was that was my lowest point. And that... And it, it was a realisation that I didn't want to actually die. I wanted to kill something inside of me. Yes, you did. Do. You don't actually want to die. No, because th there is a very real difference in that. And yeah. I can quite honestly myself say that I understand what you mean. You just, you want to step outside having to feel yes. what you're feeling now. Yes. You want to get outside of that. But the only way that you can sort of process that and, and bring language to that is, I don't want to be here anymore. Yes. Um, so what do you think made you want to and start to dig your way out of that situation? I, um, this is going to sound so strange, um, but it hit me really hard. Mm. I, I just left probably one of the best hotels in the world, the Bellagio in <gasps> Las Vegas. The fountains were there. I'd yes. left the presidential suite, which is overlooking the fountains, climbed into a limo to go and dine at one of the best restaurants in Las Vegas. Um, and I was sat with a glass of champagne in the back of that limo. So wonderful scene. Yeah. Um, something anybody would want. Somebody took a photograph of me. And I was very heavy, very overweight, bloodshot eyes. It was six o'clock in the evening and looked a bit of a mess. Right. Probably not to most people because nobody likes to photograph themselves. But to me, I looked and thought, that's a mess. I didn't recognize myself. I was just going to say, yeah. didn't feel like that was that's actually not an you. That's not an ex-racing driver. Mm. You know, at seven percent body fat that I used to train to. Yeah. That's not someone who's honed to within an inch of his life and could react to anything. I'd have, I think I fell out of that limo, yeah. and walk into a restaurant, and that—that's not me at all. No. Um, and I kept that photograph on my wall for a while, just to remind me how bad I was. Yeah, that visual reminder yeah. of this is the, the reality. And that was my turning point. Oh my goodness! And it. It is. It's that reflection. It's that mirror to, yeah. to say this. This is the reality. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, you had this moment. You had this photograph, and mm. you connected to that, and thought, you know, I need. I need to do something. Yeah. But there's a big difference from thinking I need to do something to actually doing something. And yeah. I think that disconnect is where a lot of people who will be listening now will think, yeah, I, I don't know how to find that motivation. Where do I go to 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 do something because it can seem overwhelming yeah. for, for let's take your situation you know to get back to that elite athlete to be where you were and thinking gosh I'm, I'm overweight and I'm drinking and I, I I'm unfit and I've I've come so far from where I wanted to be how do I get back there so you know t if, if you don't mind please yeah. talk us through that so <laughs> I've I've gone through this with with a couple of people that have been through a struggle and, and want to be focused and you have to set yourself a goal. Yeah. And I I say set yourself a a big hairy audacious goal as big as you can think. It has to be a goal that scares you. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't scare you, it's not enough. You, I want to give up smoking. That's not a goal. Yeah. Right. And I remember talking to somebody and they wanted to give up smoking and uh, give me a goal. And they just flippantly said, well, I want to climb Everest. <laughs> and I stopped them there and I said, fine, well, I'll tell you what you must do then. You can't climb Everest. I mean, you might be able to, mm. 
But it's a lot of training, a lot of expertise, and you might die doing it, which I don't want to be part of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not signing up to that. However, why don't you find out what a 21-day trek to Everest Base Camp is? You'll need to be fit to do it. Mm. You'll need to give up smoking. And why don't you set that goal in two years' time? And the money you'll save from smoke, stopping smoking will send you on that 21-day trip, which will be something you'll tell all your friends about. And suddenly they start to leak around to my way of thinking. Yeah. And what you've got to do is you've got to get People say put a note on the fridge. That's rubbish. It doesn't work. No. Well, it'll always fall off and go under the fridge anyway. So so. you get 20 notes, a big pile of post-it notes, and you write on that, write Everest. Yeah. Put it all the way everywhere so you are tripping over them. On the first day, it's fun. On the second day, it's a pain Mm because you like, but you do keep seeing reminders. On the third day, they're starting to fall off, but you kind of like it. On the fourth day, you'll be sticking more notes up because it will keep you focused. Yeah. They've got to be everywhere. And I mean everywhere, in your underwear drawer, on the mirror, in your car, on your sun visor. You'll be like, oh, another one of these. Yeah. Right. Do it so it's a constant reminder. I'm going to add a little interjection here Mm. to um, this because I've known Simon for a long time. And I remember when I first met you and I wanted to go to stage school and I had no money and I hadn't done drama at school or (laughs) A-level or university or anything. And um, I just remember that you helped me so much. And the thing that stuck in my head was that this is step one of the plan. Getting to stage school is stage 20, but you've got to fill in all the ones in between and it's that daily incremental doing the little things and you know long story short i did get there and i've done so many amazing things since so you know thank you for that um but it is it's that incremental daily doing that first keep grinding away bit by bit and having a specific goal not just a a general well i want to be fitter I mean, you know, you need to say, I'm going to get to Everest Base Camp. That's what I'm doing. And time, it needs to be time bound. I'm doing it in two years. Because if you you just say, I'm going to get to Everest Base Camp, then, well, what, now, in 10 years, in 20, and then it goes. Because, well, it's, you know, I didn't say when I was doing it. That very same guy, we had, it was a £500 deposit for, I think it was about £4,500 a trip was. Yeah. Um, And we set goals that if you do stop smoking now or cut back now, You'll save five pounds on a week uh, on on cigarettes for the week. Yeah, spend that much less. That's five pounds towards your trip, towards your five hundred pound deposit. Yeah, and if it turned out he stopped smoking even quicker because he wanted to get that deposit together and pay that deposit because it committed him. Yes, so he focused on it, and that's the thing. Get that small step. So he, his small step was saving five pounds. Yeah. That day, I'm only going to smoke 10 cigarettes instead of 20. I've never smoked, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ju- just to put <laughs> that on record. I think it cost a fortune. Yeah, uh, re- yeah. I think you could remortgage your house yeah. with the amount you'd have to spend. But yeah, and I think that is a really practical piece of um, advice. So um, carry us on through your journey. So where did you go next? So the qualifiers for the um, for the World Championships were in four months' time. <laughs> right (laughs) and i'd never been on the bike before so (laughs) it was like this could be tough madness um and there was a qualifier for the european championships in in two months time but i've never been on a a time trial bike they call it before either so i went and bought both um, a road bike and a time trial bike and i just started training and working on a program um i cut alcohol out straight away um prescription drugs straight away 
um because i'm that kind of person when to go cold turkey it's just my thing and i've focused on my goal yeah. not everybody can do that i understand that yeah different um, personalities and i wouldn't work condone anybody ways. going down the route i did i had a goal i needed to achieve in four months and you had to be extreme to do it mm. ideally i'd have done it over two years <laughs> yes yeah but you know you don't do yeah. things by halves i shed it must have been one and a half two stone in the first month wow um but it was all flab and fat and Stuff burgers, you didn't want. from America, yeah, it was yeah. unwanted. Yeah. But you lose a lot of weight when you're shifting sort of 15, 16 stone round when you're running. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, <laughs> With yeah. With three tracksuits on and uh, yeah, running 10 or 12 miles, it, yeah. it was hard going. But it got me fit and I qualified. Okay. And the first one I qualified for was the cross duathlon, the European Championships, and I broke my neck in the race. Um, how did you... How did that occur then did you fall came or? off the bike yeah it was uh you know i was following the world championship gold medalist through the woods and mm. thinking how hard can it be as he dips disappeared over this hill and as he disappeared over i followed him unfortunately he was very experienced and i really wasn't oh no <laughs> so i hit the bottom and hit the ground at about 40 miles an hour and oh um yeah it wasn't good it was a, a fracture not a not a clean break thank goodness so yeah um but another setback not really. Two weeks later was the road race championships, and I went uh, with my broken neck to the road race championships and oh, competed. As, yeah, yeah. as one does, it was just uh, turned up yeah. with a broken neck. It, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't a pleasant experience. No, but, no. But it was my dream. Um, and you'd got and I focused that to on hang my dream on to, and I was yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And then after that, I qualified for Canada, um, and that was the exciting. Uh, exciting trip and that was the one the world championships in canada was what i wanted yeah um i'd set my goal on that did you have any moments where you stopped yourself and thought i'm doing this or was it just you know did you just feel aligned to what you were doing have you sort of ever stepped outside and thought oh i've come this far or i've come this far or is it just part of your you know day to day what you want to do now it's a good question i think it it becomes momentum and it becomes habit. Yeah. Um, after each race, there is a next one. There's another World Championships in two years' time um, to go for and something else to focus on because it, it's, it's, it's. I suppose I swapped one addiction for another, but one was a lot more healthy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And and I, there is something to be said about yeah. personalities who need that all or nothing. Yeah. But it's a quote that comes to mind. I think it was Mary Oliver that said, um, you know, what are you going to do with your wild and precious life? And oh, I think it. that's gorgeous yeah. because life is precious yes. and, and it can be wild, yeah. um, completely wild. Um, and we're going to get onto the bears before we finish this. Oh, Don't yes. worry. The, be the bear <laughs> story is coming. Um, but so when you got to Canada, then, you know, <laughs> how's that? Well, um, it was quite funny. I'd given up on Taylor Swift at this point um, and booked an Airbnb in Canada. Um, and the host was the ex-Miss Penticton, which was the uh, okay. where I was staying. So Taylor's out of the equation. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go and stay for a week with the ex-Miss Penticton, which I was hugely excited about. I'm sure. Um, when I arrived at the Airbnb, it was closed because it was late at night. It was midnight and there was no answer. Great. So suddenly I'm homeless in Penticton and Miss Penticton's inside. Um, so I have a wander around and it, it's 10 o'clock in the morning in my time body clock. And I'm thinking, well, it's a nice evening. Yeah. Um, I might as well just sit on a bench and finish reading my book. So I sat on this bench and there's rustling in the trees and there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of growlings. And uh, it, it was quite a scary moment. Unnerving, yeah. wandering around. 
then a police car went past. <laughs> Obviously. And I saw him go past and vagrancies um, frowned upon in America. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to be arrested here. I'm going to be locked up with a trucker. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and um, it was like, oh, crikey, what am I going to do? So thinking quickly. Yes. As the police car circled around and came back and he got out and adjusted his dress and came down and put his swarthy little hat mm-hmm. on and came over and said, uh, asked me if I was okay. And I said, yes. And he said, um, can I ask what you're doing? And I showed him my camera. I said, I'm waiting for the sunrise. Okay. Can't be arrested for photography. I got all my bags with me. And everything. Yes. Um, well, it's packing for every eventuality. He said, you're not from around here? I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just taking some photographs. I'm here to compete at the weekend. And I mm-hmm. thought I'd capture the sunrise. And he said with a very strange face, sunrise is not for another five hours. And I, just, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to get here early. You've got to get your seat. And he, he, he asked from address where I was staying and I showed him and I think he was a bit, a bit suspicious but wandered off. And he circled around again and came mm. past a bit later. And I'm still sat there and waved my still camera Still waiting at him. for the sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my trip to Canada. Oh, my goodness. Um, it'd be nice to say that I went on and win a medal there. I didn't, unfortunately. I finished way down the order, but it was... Uh, I, An the target was to get there. Was that was that um, where the snowballing incident no, that happened? Was years later, in <laughs> a steam race. That was yeah. Was why we, why why did you? What happened with the snowballs? Well, I, I came down this. Um, anybody who's ever skied, um, if you've ever cross country skied, they they don't have any edges on them, so they're not the most stable of things. So mm. as I came down this, I'd never cross country skied before. Um, my selection for the Team GB cross-country skiing team. <laughs> I managed to get Obviously. into the team um, by hook or by fluke. Yeah. Um, and in Romania, I uh, wiped out quite badly, um, smashed myself into the ice uh, and broke my nose in the qualifying the day before. And then in the race itself, and I remember the team doctor saying, you've broken your nose because it was bent to one side. Mm. Um, and the next day, I did exactly the same crash again, um, but concussed myself quite badly and was sat there just sort of dribbling into myself and giggling as everybody went past and <laughs> making snowballs and throwing them at other competitors. <laughs> then got up and skied on and yeah. thought, saw the finish line and finished. Yeah. I'd got another four laps to go, but I didn't know that. I just saw finish and thought, <laughs> well, I'll just finish here and that'll be fine. Here is good. Um, and then stood watching the race with the team doctor who said, how'd you get on? And I said, no, we haven't raced yet. It's not for hours, and, and he, he just said, oh, "You've got a problem." <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is not this yeah, is not adding good. up, right? Yeah. So, um, he said, "The good news is you broke you you broke your nose and knocked it back into shape the other way." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a positive so, from the whole was, situation. Yeah, it's still a funny shape, but it's I've never had surgery on it. So. Oh well, you know, it's um, a it's... and I was disqualified. So my record currently stands of a, a, a disqualification, a, a DNF. I did not finish. A DNS that did not start, and another, uh, yeah, another disqualification. I've had two disqualifications, yeah, for finishing early. But these are um, all part of this rich tapestry of experience, yeah. and we've <laughs> we've obviously sort of plumbed the depths of the worst experiences. What's been the high point of your um, sporting career? Winning World Championship bronze in 2022 was was the pinnacle so far. There's more to come. Yeah. Um, I have the World Championships next year in Australia. I'm not traveling all that way to make up the numbers. I'm going to win gold there. Um, you heard it here first, everybody. It's, it's happening. Yeah. And I believe <laughs> um, it as well. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And 
but winning that medal was it it was a i discovered more out about myself in that race than i ever thought possible i thought about quitting every every hundred yards i wanted to quit i've never felt pain or agony like it it was beyond belief it was it, a real it was so tough it was so so tough and i remember thinking as long as i can finish this i'm i know i'm in the medals yeah um and it's those moments though that that's where the growth happens yeah because you could have quit oh yeah, yeah. absolutely million that's times. well within you know the choices you've got yeah but had you have quit the the mental oh, anguish I, that would have come afterwards would have been horrendous oh yeah um you know the pain of regret is, is forever yeah. it's you know losing i don't mind but you know yeah. having just not finished now it was it really was something now special moment and hearing the national anthem and standing on that podium was was amazing all the team gb b mates around me yeah and i think that's they're the moments that carry you aren't yeah. they those yeah. those that huge emotional yeah. impact that you get from those moments yeah. um now, I'd really like to ask you, for whoever's listening, and they'll have connected at certain points along this journey, whether they've had similar problems with alcohol and prescription drugs, or being overweight, or having an injury that's caused them to not be able to do what they want to do, whatever their adversity is. Do you have any advice or any practical things that they could start doing today to start moving that needle forward to getting towards a more a more optimal, fulfilled life? Yeah. I it's those negative thoughts that you associate with adversity which yeah. which hurt more than anything. Uh, you know, it may be reaching for those cigarettes and or reaching for that bottle. I have a something that I use um and I visualize a stop sign, a cartoon stop sign. It's huge. Oh, yeah. It's right in front of you and it, it, it hits you in the face. And it's 50 miles wide. You can't see around it. Yeah. But you can see slightly underneath it and there's a path. Okay. The negative bit is the stop. So, so they've stopped. What happens if it's positive? What happens if you don't reach those cigarettes? What's the best thing that could happen? So you'll stop smoking. You'll stop drinking. You'll have a better life. Think of the ultimate absolute best that will happen mm -hmm. if you actually don't go down that negative route and take the first step just one step path. just one step that's all so it may be just take your hand away tell you what when you leave those cigarettes for 10 minutes see if you feel better yeah and that's your first step leave it for 10 minutes walk away something, go for a walk. something tiny yeah. and if you feel fine go and have a drink yeah mm. fine but why don't you just take that single step yeah and just see and what happens yeah because you never know but the important thing is think about what the ultimate happiness would be if you didn't. Yeah. And I can really, yeah. I'm visualizing. Does that, does that yeah. Help? Yeah. It really yeah. does because I'm, I'm visualizing that in my head and I'm thinking about adversities that I've had and I can feel almost a sense of joy in, in the thinking about that ultimate possibility. And I think for me, and this may be, will be helpful to people. I don't see joy and happiness as the same thing. Joy is a mindset. Happiness is an emotion which can come and go through your life, but joy is a mindset that you can reach for even in the deepest and the darkest times. And it's about being able to, you know, think about that ultimate possibility. And everybody listening can do something 
like you say, that just 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 a ten minute thing. And even if you know you then did have that drink, you still went ten minutes longer than you would have done before. And you can take a bit of pride from that. And here's the positive: the stop sign worked because it stopped you for ten minutes. I love that it worked. So it will work again. So take that positive. Okay, so you had a cigarette, so you had a drink, so you you took a drug, whatever. Yeah. It still stopped you. Yeah. There was a moment. Make it longer next time. Mm -hmm. Even by a minute. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I absolutely love that. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to say before you go? Anything you want to impart? Anything you haven't said or divulged? Because, you know, before I uh, end this, this uh, this is your time and your space. So, you know, if you want to add anything, please do. It's... It's a beautiful and precious world out there and life is beautiful and precious and just embrace it. It's And it doesn't matter who you are. I, sa- I said earlier that I'm not the most talented of individuals. I just work harder. You know, if you want to achieve something, no matter what it is, you can absolutely 100% do it. If you're listening, you're into something, write Everest on a note and Google that that 21-day trip. It'll change your life. Go to the Antarctic. You know, the, the trips that do that. Do something special, but make it big and scary and go and do it because you, your, your future self will thank you. And I think that is something that will motivate and enthuse um, everybody who's listening. Simon, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, and if you want to stay up to date with uh, Simon and his awesome antics, which obviously you do, because um, there are many more stories, you should follow him. He's on Instagram at Driven Winner. Um, and of course, he's off to Australia. So you will want to see him win that gold medal. Um, and of course, if you want to work in a fully supported way on your emotional well-being, do head over to codesignwithfliss.com and let's talk more about the empowerment you deserve. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Simon, for joining us. Um, Now we know more about overcoming adversity and now we know the way forward. 